The Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Other translations say the darkness cannot overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated, and as we do so, I want to share with you the sermon title in the bulletin is also the sermon title on the wall. It's B1. So our acrostic today is those uh, two figurines spelled out B1. And um, not only that, but uh, that one is also like a candle, which we sang, go light your candle, and go, or take your candle and go light your world. We're going to be doing that here in just a little bit. I'll share more about that as we get close to that. As we look at, and maybe you've heard this before, But there is one particular nutrient, if you will, essential vitamin for every single Christian. And do you know what one that one is? They can't hear you on Facebook. You guys say it louder. What vitamin is it? There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Be one. Yes. Be a Christian. And not only that, but uh, look sharp and be one and C sharp. And watch out for those flats along the way, because those are very scary. But I want to share this with you, that our B in B1 is be a light. God has called us, according to the Scripture, to bear forth His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is directly from God. Amen? Amen. And God, it says in our Scripture, is a spirit. And God is love. And that love is a loving spirit. So when God is asking us to be like Christ, He's asking us in the the way of spiritualness to be like Christ. Not to talk like He did, but to live like He did in terms of the relationship with His Father, God. And that light that He's talking about is the Spirit of God within a person who belongs to God that shines forth God's radiant love. That's what this is talking about in our Gospel today when it says, in Him being Jesus was life, and the life was a light of men. If you do not have Christ, you walk in darkness. But you do not know that because you don't know what it's like to walk with Christ until you finally see the light. I once was blind but now I see. However, you cannot say that if you've never been able to see. You just sing and say, well, I've always been able to see. But according to Scripture, until Christ comes in, we are dark. We are not a light. We are not much of anything. Another thing that B could stand for is born again. John chapter 3 says that we must be born again or born from above, reborn by the Spirit of God to be light-bearing people to the world. Now, I said yes, light-bearing people to the world because it says in 
1 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we have been given a ministry of reconciliation, that God is in Christ, converting, or if you will, redeeming the world unto Himself. And we have that ministry as, get this, ambassadors. So, one of the titles that God gives a Christian is an ambassador for His kingdom. So wherever we go, we are carrying forth kingdom light, blessing, ambassadorship. The second thing we find out in our life with God is the E, which is eternal answers are resolved. So first we're a light, and then God answers those questions about what is forever? What is love? What is God all about? All of those questions and fears. God, am I going to be with you forever? God, is, 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 am I safe from the fire of destruction that people tell me about? When you belong to Christ, you have those answers resolved. Now let me share this with you. It is not a logical answer that is resolved. Well, I did the thing, I said the prayer, therefore I have my answer. That is not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is an inner peace that only the Holy Spirit of God can give you, which beyond logic comes. It changes how you see yourself, the world around you, and life. Those answers are resolved when God comes in. It is not a simple thing either, and I want to share this with you. We talked a little bit about how big the universe is. That one of the larger stars near us is a million times bigger than our sun, which is a hundred thousand times as big as our earth. And it's said that the glory of God and all God is, is bigger than that. Bigger than all of that. And that God put that all in orbit. It can't hold His glory. And if God is in all of that, and in you and I, and He has promised that His glory can't be contained in something even bigger than, for us even thinking small, bigger than our county, (laughs) which would be bigger than you and I, that God is in you. That God that the universe can't hold is in you. Do you think you might be able to tell it? Do you think there might be a difference when the creative power that threw all the stars in orbit is inside of you? Or do you think it's because you said something or told God something and that's enough? God's Holy Spirit witnesses to you that you belong to Him. And when that happens, things change. You don't go, well, this makes sense. (laughs) You begin to realize there is truly only one way. That's the O. Oh, there is only one way for redemption, and it's through Christ Jesus. When He becomes real and your life transforms, you know it. You don't have to go, well, was I saved or not? I'm not sure. I don't know if God loves me. I can't tell if I'm born again. All I know is um, people say I am. But you will know. And you will know that you know that you know. And, and you won't even know how you know. You'll just know. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things that will ever happen to you. I once asked someone when I was younger, how will I know? D.L. Moody said it like this. Or maybe it was Spurgeon, but they both are credited with it. The colors seem brighter. The sun warmer. Life sweeter. And that's still 
not enough to convince someone that that's what it is. It just happens like that. The colors are brighter. Life makes sense even when it doesn't. And you understand what it means to have a peace. And I'm not talking lack of violence. I'm talking a peace that everything's okay no matter what happens. This, you cannot manufacture. The world cannot give you that. Only God can. It only comes through Jesus Christ. And that's the only way. There's only one way. And it happens to you. You can't think it into reality. It doesn't work that way. It's not logical. As a matter of fact, not only is it only one way, but the only way is through Jesus. And our end is nothing but Jesus. Nothing can wash away my sin but the blood, right? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but Jesus can do this. As a matter of fact, I love this passage. And I want to share this with you because this is so important. In 1 Corinthians, there's two passages. One's in chapter 2 and one's in chapter 1. And if you uh, look at it and turn there, the first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Now, Paul is talking about why he's writing this letter. He's talking to them about purpose, if you will. And in verse 2, he says, first of all, let me read verse 1 as a setup. He says, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. In other words, he wasn't fancy logical. He wasn't, let's convince your mind so you'll know that you know this because you're smart now. Knowing God is not about smartness. For in verse 2 it says, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, the passage in chapter 1 that goes along with that says, in verse 17, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the, Christ of, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, who don't know Jesus. The cross makes no sense. It's idiotic. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It makes sense to us because it happens to us. Something changes and we know it. And nothing but God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through Calvary, can do that. Nothing else can transform our lives and bring hope to a hopeless situation. Nothing else has that authority. There is no other name, says Acts, by which we can be saved, nor is there any name under heaven given except the name of Jesus Christ by which we can be saved, which means nothing else can do it. Under heaven means God's authority says only Jesus can do it. It's not our logic. And when we finally get to the place where God is real, we go... Let me explain this to you. You want to change the world? You go, well, uh, well, you just, you just got to believe it for yourself because there's no words to really make it make sense. Well, it's just something. You, you know, God's doing something. I can feel it. He's real. And uh, just trust Him. Just do it. That's all you got. 
I tried to explain this last week. I've been trying, I could say it a lot when I didn't know what I was saying. But when I knew what I was saying, I didn't know how to say it because it's not something that makes sense to someone who doesn't understand. But nothing but Jesus will do it. And the E is everybody needs to know Jesus. And I'm going to add a second E because this is the one I've been talking about. It's also in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I like this. It says this. It's in verse 10. He says, We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. What does that mean? I'm an eternal fool. I'm an eternal fool. I'm not just fool for a day. <laughs> I'm a fool for forever. I'm eternal for Christ, a fool for Him forever. I'm not just going to be a fool for a minute. You see, if Christ's work in you is something where you think, well, you know, this was a phase or a fad, or it's just not going to work tomorrow, then I have to ask you, did you really find the Christ that changes you? Did He really come and redeem you from brokenness emptiness, and a life of no hope. If He did that for you, you can't explain that real well to someone who doesn't understand. You can try all day long, it just doesn't work. Back to the Gospel, it says, this light that God gave shines in the darkness. This is a light that lights up our lives when Christ is in us. I have seen, and and anybody I believe who belongs to Christ does this, gives off a different glow. I cannot explain it, but all of a sudden, on this week, when you came forward, you were different. You were glowing. I don't, you can't see your own glow because it's God on you, and you, you can only be a reflection of it, and you can't see your reflection on yourself. Obviously, you're not a mirror for you, you're a mirror for Christ. So I could see God in you. And that was really exciting. When Diane, when you said those words about the sermon two weeks ago, I saw it on you. I saw the glow when Kathy was speaking uh, over there in that corner of the church uh, during the revival. And when uh, Amy was pouring her heart out. Each person giving testimony. There was a glow here. There was something different. As Amy said, we were here two, two and a half hours and nobody wanted to go home when it was over. We stayed longer. We just kept staying in God's presence. That's what happens when God comes and shows up. It doesn't make sense to anybody else. Well, I got other stuff to do. We got, and in that moment, we go, there's nothing better. Oh, you don't understand? I got an obligation. I don't know what else you got when you're in that moment. All you know is God is. And there's nothing better to know than that. And you can't explain that to someone who doesn't understand. All you can say is you just don't know what you're missing because you don't know what you're missing. (laughs) It's hard to explain that, isn't it? But it is foolishness to those who don't understand. But to us who have come to the saving grace of Christ and we're transformed, we know that we know. And it makes perfect sense. We just don't understand why He chose us. But we're thankful that He did. That is one of the best things about it. So that light, that came into the world, it says, that that it shines into the darkness. Now here's the beautiful thing. Once that light hits the darkness, the darkness is gone. And you don't know what darkness is until you walk in it and then you see the light. I got to tell you, uh, 
I'm a guy who remembers stuff, like spatially. So I can walk through a room and basically pitch black. But if something's on the floor that I didn't know was there, I'll trip over it. I'll find it every time. The other day I was walking through our basement and I didn't know there was something there and I didn't turn a light on because I know the pathway and I tripped and fell and I went, what was that? <laughs> felt like there was a python in our house or a big snake or something. I wasn't sure. And I got up, stumbled upstairs. I said, honey, I think I just killed something downstairs. She said, I think you just tripped over the vacuum. The <laughs> <laughs> <a> long hose. <laughs> You understand, in the dark, you don't know that you're in the dark because you're used to the dark. And you're used to what you see there. But once the light comes, the darkness goes away. If I had the light on, I wouldn't go, well, I, yeah, okay, I see it. Once the light is turned on, darkness dissipates. Now, when I was, um, I can't remember how old I was, but I was young, very young in my teens, I think. We went to Marengo Cave over in Indiana. And they said, we're going to show you what pitch black looks like. Well, we were in there, and we all had to turn our flashlights off. And I said, it's plenty dark. He said, no, no, it's not pitch black. I said, I can't see anything. He said, that doesn't matter. There's still some light in here. And so he said, somebody go and cut the light off that's 100 yards up the trail and around the corner because I can still see a glimmer of light. He cut it off, and to me it was the same amount of dark. And he said, okay, I'm going to walk down the trail and I'll be over here. I'm going to do something. He walks over there and lights a match. He's about 50 yards away down the trail in this completely pitch black cave. He lights a match. The match hurt my eyes. I could see people and shapes and things I couldn't even see before. But one thing he said, and I say to you if you don't know Jesus, is until the light is on, don't move very fast in the dark. Stay where you are until you get the light on. And I thought that was interesting. But that light, that one match from 50 yards, about 150 feet away, lit up enough where I could see everybody around me. And there were about 60 of us. And I went, that's impossible. Scripture confirms light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot stop it. As soon as light's there, you see. When that happens in a church like it happened here this week, the church gets lit up. We call it fired up. I've been wanting for years and years to see something like that. Just watch it happen. And it started. And I'm excited about that. It's, it's our turn now. As a matter of fact, this week at Celebrate Recovery, um, Casey was going to sing some music. He sang at our Labor Day event. And this song was going through my heart this week. It was called Set a Fire Down in My Soul or Start a Fire in My Soul, Let It Burn Without Control. Um, I want more of you, God. And it just kept going through. And I, and I, and I know that uh, it's a popular song and I was hoping he would sing it and he sent me the set list so I could send it to the audio guys and it wasn't on there. And I sent it to the audio guys and come about Friday, just about an hour and a half before he was to get there, he said, um, i got to change one song on the list. 
And I said, okay. He said, I already knew what he was going to say because it was just the moment, right? He said, I got to change that last song to set a fire down in my soul. And I said, God, you are so good. You just keep showing up. Wednesday here, food pantry, I've never seen anything like it. God showed up again. We didn't have a revival service in here, but we had something in there, and God just touched a lot of people. God is showing up here. I'm telling you, this is the most exciting I've ever seen myself or a church getting ready to just explode with the work of God here. Don't miss this. Let that be a prayer for you. God, start a fire in my soul. Let it burn uh, that I can't contain, that I can't control. Let that be your prayer. Let that be a prayer that your fire, that God lights in you, lights up the darkness around you. And People say, whatever that is you got, I want that. And I said, well, I, I didn't create it. I can't give it to you, but I can point you in the direction. Because that's all you can do with Christ is point people in the direction because you can't give them Christ. You can only tell them. It's Jesus. And you know, a lot of people are going to be offended by that because they haven't seen the truth. But I'm going to be offending a lot of people. And I'm okay with that. Because I said, I'm going to be a fool for Jesus in eternity. I might as well start now. Start being an ambassador for the kingdom I'm living in for the rest of eternity. I might as well go ahead and start doing it so that God knows, hey, yep, I know Him. He was doing it on earth. He can do it up here too. That's what I'm, my prayer is for each one of you. Did you know that there is a principle in nature that's in true in human beings as well? Now, I'm not talking about just nature. I'm talking about all of nature. That light draws. Obviously, if you've ever seen a moth, the thing will fly into a fire and die because it's drawn to the light. But did you know when people are lost in woods or in... in a, when, when a, like an avalanche or anything like that happens, do you know what they're looking for? They're looking for a source of light. Any source of light out there, and they'll go to it. It's because light says that there's something that's made that light that isn't there naturally. That light comes from something. We know, according to John chapter 1, that light is from Christ Jesus. It's the light of men that the darkness can't beat, that this world can't defeat, and we've kind of laid back a while instead of worshipped it, begin to rejoice in it. So I'm challenging each of us today to acknowledge this world is a bunch of dark woods. That there is a light that still shines and gives hope. That if you've ever experienced it, you know that you know. And when you experience it, it's kind of like, God, why can't it be like that all the time? Because there's a time when it's time for the church to rise up and be the light. To be inhabited in a special way by a work of God's Holy Spirit and movement. For the church to get on fire and begin to change its whole community. This, my friends, has happened here this week. It has started. Why am I telling you this? Because you can trust it. That when you begin to talk about Christ, there's going to be an anointing on you. 
There's going to be something that you don't understand why it's working, but it's working now when it didn't before. That there's a special time in a life of a Christian and in the life of a church where each person has an ability by divine decree where Christ has sent you two by two and the demons tremble and, and people get healed. And the gospel is proclaimed and names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That has started here. I'm excited about that. I'm not questioning. Well, I wonder. I know. And I can't tell you how I know. It's one of those I know that I know. And so, not only is it here, it's everywhere you will go. It's not, if you will, relegated to a building. Look on the screen. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. It talks about John. He's John the Baptist. But I want to share with you, and I'm not putting that up there as the last verse, any reference to myself. It says that this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe he was not the light, but sent to bear witness to the light. This is our task. This is our call. This is our time. It's our turn now. I believe that we are on the verge of one of the great blessings this church has ever seen. The new history. We are going to be one. One in so many different ways. One in faith. One in hope. One in unity. One in love. One in purpose. One in call. But one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, all this pulling us together. And that fire that God has started, I don't want anybody to go, well, I didn't get a part of that because you're getting some today. Unless you absolutely refuse it and say, I don't want that, that's up to you. But I share this with you. That today, we have a way. We have candles. And I, I looked, I thought, you know, I could get those candles, the little paper doilies on them, you know, for candlelight service. We got those. But how are you going to put that somewhere and see it? It's going to fall over. I didn't want a candle, and God doesn't want a candle that you're going to set on something and it'll just flop over. Unless you find a candle holder that will fit that little quarter inch, half inch candle, and that candle's only going to burn so long it's done. But votive candles are in a jar. You can set them anywhere. You don't even have to light it after it's been lit today. Some of these have been lit before. But I promise you, I want you to take one of these home and put it somewhere where you'll see it. Not because I want you to have a candle, but to remind you you are a light when you belong to Christ. That you can see it everywhere. It does not matter if this candle is still lit when you put it somewhere. It's the reminder that the light is in you. That you are on fire by the Holy Spirit of God. You have a light in you. We were singing, Go Light Your Candle. And I was holding up my light. I was going like this. I got my candle. So, whenever you see me doing this, that's a candle. That's lighting the way. That's what God wants us to do. Not only does it light the way, it also points the way to Christ. Microsoft had it right. That's a PowerPoint. (laughs) But this is a different kind of power. And when you experience it, 
life changes. I share this with you. I asked someone this week, would you invite friends to a church that was fired up for God? Would you want them to be here and experience it? And he said, yes. Well, guess what? It started. It's here. The transformation has begun. Now, I've got Glenn to show you something, and after that, we're going to light our candles. And this video, uh, not that one. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That one. Take a look. Watch this. <laughs> 